Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, if you study this contextually, God's speaking to his people. And just before these verses, he reminds him that he's the same God who parted the Red Sea and walked his people through dry land. And then shortly thereafter, led all of the Egyptian warriors into the middle of the Red Sea and dry land and then just drowned them out with the Red Sea. He's saying, I'm that God. I'm that God who did that for my people, for you. Now, if you hold on to that, that's pretty good. Can I get an amen that God did that? But then he says this. Don't remember the former things. Don't consider the things of old. Don't get stuck on how good it was, how awesome I worked in your life. Don't get stuck on settling for the Red Sea that was parted in 2023 for the enemies I defeated in 2023. I'm going to do a new thing in 2024. I'm going to do something that supersedes what I did in 2023. Even though it was good in some areas, don't leave me back there. I'm going to do a new thing and it's going to spring forth. Like, like a plant just bursting through the soil and you see just a little bit of it. I'm going to spring forth. Shall you not know it? Shall you not perceive it? I'm going to show it to you. You're going to begin to get glimpses of the new thing that I'm going to do. It's going to grow. That new thing's going to grow. I'm going to even make a way, a road in the wilderness, places where you thought you could never go, things you thought you could never do. I'm going to make a way where it seems like there's no way. I'm going to make the impossible possible. And then he says, I'm even going to bring rivers in the desert. Anything that looks dry or parched, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring sustaining, uh, uh, satiating, satisfying, saturating rivers from my spirit that are going to flourish on you and in you and through you. And, and, and you're going to respond to Jesus. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the rivers have said, out of his heart, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Remember he said that in John 7, 37? So there's going to be this this satisfying in the deserted places if we'll just lean into this. God has been speaking to me through these verses for months. And I don't believe it's just for me. It's for anyone who's leaning into the new things that God wants to do in their lives. Prayer and fasting will help to position our hearts, prepare our hearts in a place of receiving the new things that God wants to do in our lives. Those are probably two of the most difficult spiritual disciplines for us to step into, if we're just being honest, prayer and fasting. I mean, if you call a meeting to give away free food, you pack out the house. Call a meeting for prayer, Get a few. You call a meeting for prayer and fasting, 
Might even get less than that. Prayer and fasting, these are, but they're powerful disciplines if we can begin to see the value in them. So what is prayer and fasting? Prayer and fasting is the sacrificial denial of food or other things to turn one's attention to seeking God through prayer and his word during that time of sacrificial denial. That might be on your sermon guide. So we're pulling away from food. It could be other things. It could be an overconsumption of television. It could be kids watching too many video games, playing too many video games. Whatever it is that's got you consumed and you're kind of over the top or you really love it and you're willing to give it up for a period of time, a day, an hour, a week, whatever the Lord speaks to you. There's no mandate. But it's something that we push away from and we feed on Jesus and we feed on the word. With prayer, prayer and fasting. No matter what 2023 was like, God offers a new start. He offers new beginnings in 2024. Let me just remind us the last three weeks, uh, we've been on a series, part two series, a great work. And we've been focusing on recently spiritual reform. In other words, realigning our hearts with the word and with the spirit of God so that he can do a transforming new work in us and through us. That's, that's what I'm calling reformation for us. That's what we mean when we say that. And if you remember in Ezra, Ezra was the scribe of God. Ezra chapter 8. Uh, Ezra was one of three key leaders to leave Babylonian um, captivity for the reconstruction of Jerusalem. Zerubbabel reconstructed the temple, Nehemiah rebuilt the, anybody remember, starts with a W, walls, Nehemiah rebuilt the walls, Ezra was a reformer, he restored worship, he brought the word of God back into place, he helped people to be in alignment with God, that's what Ezra did, but before Ezra and the people head out back to this great work in Jerusalem, I want for us to key in what he does and what he calls for in Ezra chapter 8, verses 21 through 23. It's on your sermon guide, and if you want to, you can flip to it in your Bible. This is Ezra, and this is what he did. He says, Then I proclaimed a fast. Someone say fast. I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him... God, the right way for us and our little ones and all of our possessions. Notice, for us, the adults, and our little ones, the kids, and everything we own or everything we have. Verse 22. For I was ashamed to request of the king. This is the king that allowed him to go back to Jerusalem to bring reformation. I was afraid to request from the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road. Because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. But his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. Ezra said that to the king in Ezra 7.6. He told that to the king. So he was afraid to, and he didn't want to, because God's going to protect him. And then he goes on and he says in verse 23, So we fasted. Someone say fasted. So we fasted. And entreated, or we could say we called on our God for this, and he answered our prayer. Some would say he answered our prayer. Come on, say it. He answered our prayer. Notice verse 21. 
Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Avaha, Ahava. So, Pastor Robert, this is an Old Testament. So, fasting is an Old Testament thing. Yes, it's an Old Testament thing, but it's also a New Testament thing. Jesus taught about fasting. Uh, we have examples of the New Testament church fasting. Before Jesus um, went out and actually began to do preaching and teaching and miracles, after he was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, he was led into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting. And then he came out in the power of the Spirit. Do you remember that? So it's all over the New Testament. The Apostle Paul fasted as a minister of Christ. It's all over. It's in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And today, I just want to, you to know that people fast. They go without food, seeking God through prayer and the Word for various reasons. For example, could be to drown out the noise of this world. And they just want to focus on God and and increase their spiritual ears, so to speak, so that they can be more in tune with hearing God. Some people fast to acknowledge their dependency on God when they're stepping into a new season of life, like 2024, or a new career, or getting married, or you're making a job transfer, you're moving to another house, another state. There's a big transfer, a big season of life changing, and so people will fast and seek God because they're so dependent on Him. Uh, Some people would fast... Uh, to get into a greater alignment with God. There's areas in my life where they're not in alignment and they need to be over here in alignment with God. Maybe some things that I'm doing, some people I'm kind of hanging out with too much or whatever, and I want to be in greater alignment with God. Fasting and prayer helps us to become more aware of His presence. He's always with you, but we're not always as aware of His presence as we could be. So fasting, focusing on God, pulling away from things and praying, entertaining His presence helps us to become more aware of His presence. It could be simply to gain mastery over the flesh by your spirit. Fasting and prayer can help you, your spirit man, gain mastery over your flesh as you seek Him more intensely. Fasting and prayer for some people could be to repent from sin. Intentionally stepping away from sin, living outside of God's will, renewing your mind, and making an intentional decision to go a different direction. So some people will pray and fast to to repent. Some people um, could be seeking a, a provision for something. Provision for something that you're stepping into and you need God to provide. Prayer and fasting helps to step into that and receive that. Stepping into a new year, 2024, a lot of people, a lot of churches all over the world will start by calling for a time of prayer and fasting, like we are, 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's self-explanatory on that pamphlet. We're putting these Wednesdays aside to pray and fast. Pastor Jack Hayford. Has anyone ever heard of Pastor Jack Hayford? He's in heaven now, but he was part of our Foursquare denomination for many years He was the president of our Foursquare denomination. He's the author of hundreds and hundreds of hymns. He's a general editor for the Spirit-Filled, the new Spirit-Filled Life Bible. Author, writer, scholar, Pastor Jack Hayford. This is what he said. The power of the fast is found in the extremely submissive humility of people who desire the Lord's way in their lives more than the bread that sustains their physical bodies. Fasting is an announcement to the soul. Fasting is an announcement the soul makes that the body will not rule over it. 
And it declares there will be no relief until the issues set before God are resolved in the spirit. Fasting humbles the soul with dependence upon God. Come on, somebody say amen. So for the rest of our time, I want to pull up a chair with you. And I want to give you four reasons why we should give ourselves to prayer and fasting in January. Now, let me be honest. uh, Not that I've been less than honest. I don't know why people say that. Because what I'm about to say might be hard to believe. But the title of this message was Why We Pray and Fast. Why We Pray and Fast. That was the title. But I felt impressed. Not everybody prays and fasts. And I don't to the degree that I should. So to say this is why we pray and fast would be um, not completely truthful. So I just adjusted it. Why we should pray and fast in January. Does that make sense, church? Four reasons why. Number one, fill in the blank. When we pray and fast, we humble ourselves and draw closer to God. Come on, say it with me. We humble ourselves and draw closer to God. Notice Ezra 8.21. Then I proclaimed the fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God. The King James doesn't use the word humble. It uses the word afflict. Some synonymous terminology to humble would be to afflict ourselves. Humble in the Hebrew is the word anah. A-N-A, ana, that's how it's pronounced. And it means to be occupied or to be busy with. It means to be bowed down, to become low, to humble, or to afflict oneself. So humility. We come to God, we bow ourselves low in spirit and mind. We recognize that our God is our everything. And we come to Him with a heart of humility. Let me just remind us a little bit about what God thinks as it pertains to his people who come to them, come to him in humility. Look at Proverbs 3.34. It says in the NLT, The Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble. He's gracious to the humble. Grace is unmerited favor. It's undeserved blessing. He's gracious to the humble. So to be humble is, in one sense of the word, it means to say, God... I lift you up over myself, and I recognize that, and I acknowledge that. Proverbs 3.34, the back half says, He gives His grace, His undeserved favor to the humble, those who give up self-importance. 1 Peter 5.5 says, God resists, He resists the proud, that's opposite of humble but gives grace to the humble. If you want to increase the flow of God's grace in your life, if I want to increase the grace in my life from God, His favor, His blessing, His influence, humility is the pathway for increased grace, as far as I can see from the Scriptures. Now, you are already in the grace of God when you receive Jesus as your Savior. Amen? For by grace you have been saved through faith. You have already been graced, but there's a level of experiencing the grace as we learn to humble ourselves. 
And prayer and fasting is a way for us to humble ourselves and draw closer to God. Number two. Next, we pray and fast because we don't know, but God does. Come on, somebody say it with me. We don't know, but God does. We might think we know what to do. And we might think we know the direction we need to take for our lives. But the reality is, there are some things that we will not see, will not perceive, will not receive direction or insight or understanding without God's help. And so when we pray and we fast and we seek Him, we position our hearts to receive clarity and wisdom and direction and understanding on what we should do and how we should do it and when we should do it. I had been in ministry, I've said this before, I've been in ministry for I don't know how many years, 9, 10, 11 years up until this point. But I knew I had this calling on our lives for something more, for full-time ministry. I knew that we were to give our lives to that. I had a secular business. I had a couple of business partners, and I was a lay pastor. I was licensed or in the process of getting licensed from Foursquare. I was at a, a wonderful, growing, thriving church. And I just knew, God, God, you called me to full-time pastoral ministry. But it didn't happen when I thought it should, so I kind of gave up. And I went out and I bought this 350ZX. I shouldn't have bought it. It was thousands of dollars at a ridiculously high payment. And I just said, oh, I'm not going to do ministry full time, so I'm going to just keep doing the business. And I knew I was out of alignment. My wife told me I was out of alignment before I went and picked up the car, but I was dumb. And uh, so I repented. And I lived close enough to my home where we were renting a home at that time. And I made a decision to go home. On my lunch hour, by the way, this is a big deal because I love food. I went home on my lunch hour and I didn't eat food. I fed on Jesus. I made a decision to pray and fast. I made a decision to humble myself because I was desperate. I was dissatisfied in my life. I knew I wasn't where I was supposed to be, doing what I would ultimately be doing. I didn't know how to find a way to get there. So I humbled myself. I was fasting and praying And I repented, and the Lord spoke to me. I still have some journals. He clarified some things for me. The things I didn't know, He was revealing to me. The things that I did that I shouldn't have done, He was correcting me in His love. And He got me back on track. But what if I would have never done that? What if I would have never recognized that there's a a prepper of the heart that happens when a person begins to pray and fast, that if he doesn't do that, might otherwise not happen. Long story short, here we are. I'm with you beautiful people. I believe that there is a power connected to that time of prayer and fasting. Ezra 8.21, look at it again. Then I proclaimed the fast there at the river of Ahava that we might first humble ourselves before God and to seek from Him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. Not just you, not just your kids, but everything that He's blessed you with. It's all His. And He wants for it to go the right way. Everything. 
Everything you have is his. He wants, he cares about everything. Cares about you, cares about your kids, cares about your grandkids, great grandkids. There's something that happens when a man or a woman of God who humbles themselves, they come to God, they seek from him the right way. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death and destruction. God has a right way. The word seek is the Hebrew word bakash. B-A-Q-A-S. You know what it means. To search out. To request. I love this. To require. To require. You require seeking Him. And Him showing you the right way. You require it. You may not recognize that you require it, but we do. It means to diligently search for an object until it is found. So he made a decision to seek from God the right way for him, all of the people he was leading, the kids, and the possessions. Psalm 32, 8, I love this. God speaking to us. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. So there's this relational intimacy that we can step into with the Lord through the Holy Spirit and His Word and the body of Christ where we can begin to catch spiritual GPS. God's positioning system. I just caught that. We don't need to go down the wrong streets. We don't need to marry the wrong people. We don't need to invest in the wrong things. We don't need to move to the wrong place. We don't need to leave the church and go to another one if God didn't tell you to. We don't need so many. We need the right way. We need God's way. The Holy Spirit lives in you. He knows everything about everything. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. It's supernaturally natural for you as a son or a daughter of God to be led by the Spirit of God into the things that God has for you. But we have to seek Him. Now, don't become unbalanced. I'm not saying you have to become a monk. Go join a monastery. Disconnect from everybody who's not in the monastery. I'm not saying that. I'm being facetious. The Holy Spirit lives in you. As you seek and pray and fast, you become more aware of His presence and His guiding, His leading. Listen. A lot of heartache can be spared if you would seek the Lord and his guidance and the right way that he has for you. You don't have to waste your time with people, places, and things that are going to take you to a dead end, friend. God doesn't want us to presume to know what to do or what direction to take. He knows and he wants you and I to pursue Him, seek Him, so that He can make known to us what He knows. Because a lot of times He will. A warning, a touch, a word, a sense, a direction, a leading, a scripture, something. He's not trying to keep you from knowing the right way to go. Just like you wouldn't do that to your own kids. He loves you. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great, and mighty things that you do not know. I love that. Call to me. God's saying, call to me. And I'll answer you and I'll show you things. The word mighty things 
literally, when you study it out, it means things that are fenced in, things that can't be determined and discovered without God's help. Things are unapproachable without God's help. He says, I'm going to reveal those things to you. If you'll just call to me, if you'll seek me, if you'll invest some time with me, if you'll pray, if you'll fast, if you'll pull away from the TV, if you'll pull away from Facebook, if you'll pull away from this, that, and the other, and you'll make a decision, invest time with me, pray and fast, seek me, my way, I'll show you some things that you could have never seen without my help. He wants to do that for you in 2024. He wants to do that for us. Amen. He's already started in me. Oh, God, I'm so grateful for the things that you've already begun to do in me, the new things that you're already doing in me. New vision, new levels of renewing my mind, new faith, new levels of intimacy with you. God, thank you for new levels of consecration, new levels of holiness, purifying me at new levels, helping me to be in tune and in alignment with you, God. Come on, make that your prayer. Father, thank you for doing that to us, God. Thank you for doing that in us, God. We seek you. We call on you. Thank you for showing us the right way, God. We're so desperate for you. Here's a third reason we fast and pray. We can't do it, but God can. Come on, say it with me. We can't do it, but God can. Notice, Ezra, we're still there, 822. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road. Because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. But his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So you got to know, friend, the enemy has plans for your life. But when we pray and when we fast throughout January... We will be drawing closer to God and positioning our hearts to hear Him and begin to see spiritually what He is up to. He will protect us from the enemy and help us better align with Him and the new thing He wants to do in our lives. Welcome, Cherie. Come on in. Have a seat. Come on in over here with us. Come on. Sit next to Jackie. Come on. I was just talking about you. Yeah, I was talking about the fact that God loves you. And he has new things in store for you. And if you continue to seek him, especially through what we're talking about, prayer and fasting, he's going to begin to show you some things that you could never discover in and through your own efforts. And he's got new levels of life from Jesus for you as we lean into prayer and fasting in January 2021. Amen. Does that sound good? You can catch the beginning that you missed later on Facebook. I'm so glad that you're here. It's so good to see you. See, listen, friend. Ezra, Ezra was a man of God, and he knew that they did not have the resources or the strength to defend themselves from the enemy and to provide for themselves what they needed to step into what God had for them in the future, and neither do we. Isn't that true? Here's the last and fourth reason. I could give you six more, but we're going to just do one more. Number four, we fast and pray because God honors and answers when I seek him. Come on, say it with me. We fast and pray because God honors and answers when I seek him. Ezra 8.23, we're still in Ezra, look at it. So we fasted, and entreated our God for this. For this means everything that was before that. Notice this. 
And he answered our prayer. Come on, he answered our prayer. Would it be okay with you if we step into 2024 and this was our testimony at the end of 2024? And he answered our prayer. You know, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus, he refers to fasting and prayer. Let me just tell you, as we're closing, just be reminded what he said. Matthew 6, 6 and, and 6, 17 and 18. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your room and into your closet. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That's what he said. He didn't say if you pray. He said, when you pray, Jesus is assuming as followers, we see the value of prayer. And he says, when you do it, go into your secret place, wherever that is to you at your home, and pray to your father who sees in secret. And then he says this, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He didn't have to say that. He could have just said, pray. Because I'm telling you to. But notice, he loves us. And then he says this, when you fast, when you abstain from food and natural sustenance to intentionally seek the heart of Father and me and times in my presence and feed on us and be satisfied from us and seek wisdom from us when you pray and fast, Don't go around with a big sad face. Anoint your face. Be joyful. That's what he said. And your father who sees that, listen, he will reward you openly. That's what Jesus said. Did you know that in Hebrews 11.6, if I'm correct, it says, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him friend I know I'm taking a long time it's the last message 2023 I'm doing everything I can to bring it to you the way the Lord showed it to me fasting doesn't make God do something it positions me to receive what he has already done in Christ for me as his son. Stand to your feet as we pray. Father, we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for reminding us about why we should pray and fast in January. Not just January. Jesus didn't mandate it. He prophesied about it. Some religious leaders came up to Jesus and said, Hey, how come the disciples of John the Baptist and The Pharisees and the Sadducees and their disciples fast and pray often, but your disciples don't fast. Jesus said, 
Can the friends of the bridegroom fast and mourn when the bridegroom is there with them? He said, There will come a time when my followers, my friends, will fast. Referring to when he would ascend to heaven and would no longer physically be with them. But this is not the time to fast. That's what Jesus said. He, he prophesied about fasting. And I don't want to take away from the fact that the spirit of Jesus, the presence of Jesus is with every believer. He's with you. He's on you. He lives in you. But, but Paul said to be absent from the body, speaking about dying, is to be present with the Lord. Do you remember that? So there's a level of intimacy that you'll step into with Jesus when you get to heaven that you're not experiencing right now. Jesus meant in saying what he said about fasting and prayer. As we enter into that, we experience a level of spiritual intimacy with him. With a hunger awaiting the next level of real-time intimacy that we'll have with him when we stand before him in heaven. Does that make sense? So in the meantime, in the meantime, as we pray, Father, give us a hunger and a thirst for Jesus. Give us a fresh, new appetite for Jesus as we step into 2024. We're so desperate for you. Thank you for reminding us that when we pray and fast, we humble ourselves and draw closer to God. The word says as we do that, God draws closer to us. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us today. We celebrate all that you did in 2023, and we look forward to the new things that you're going to do in 2024. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.